This is The Playbook, where I give you access each week to the world's greatest athletes and executives about their personal and professional playbook and what has made them champions on and off the field. This is The Playbook. I, I have this thing that I'm working on, and I wanted to get your feedback on it. Um, it's in the continuum of the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious mind. And it's directly related to, I think, how people are able to uh, raise their awareness and also manifest or shop for what they want. But here's what I've come up with, and I really want someone that knows more than I to think about it. Okay, so I talk about consistent, persistent behavior. And what I've noticed from doing the playbook is consistency beyond anything else is the common thread of every person that's able to hyperachieve in the area that they're focused in on. Right. doesn't mean they're successful. It just means, hey, you know, I'm Russell Wilson. I want to be a great quarterback. I'm consistent at the things it takes to be a great quarterback. And the reason I think consistency works is that the cellular memory that we have is the shortest, dumbest memory that we have. And it lasts only for the time that we're awake in a day. And then it resets. And in order for it to really have an impact, it needs to have 21 to 30 days of the same experience. So like if I work out, work out, work out, work out for 30 straight days, it then sends a signal or frequency to my subconscious, which creates this neural pathway that will hold 40,000 of these ideas or lessons or whatever for as long as we keep accessing it. The less we access it, the more likely it'll, it'll be replaced by something else right. that you've done more frequently. If we continue to access it and continue to be, then I think it, it talks, and I think that's an intermediate memory. So the, the actual brain is an intermediate memory. Then I, I believe the unconscious competency that we have, uh, that DNA, now I know scientifically they say it has four generations of memory in it um, from your great grandparents, but I believe that it may be, and, and I want your whole opinion of it, it may be its own quantum field. So I believe that it may store billions and billions of lifetimes of information that will allow us to clothe what we think, say, and do and believe. It'll actually clothe itself. So if I'm, you know, uh, Bezos and 25 years ago, I say, you know, I'm going to create this, you know, bookstore online and, but I dream of being a hundred billionaire and there's no such thing as a hundred billion dollars 25 years ago that that's the process that closed some, something like that, that will materialize it. And that even if this is its own quantum field, that it's a sub-quantum field that's connected to everybody else's quantum field that makes up this entirety of everything, of everyone, of infinity. Right. Would love to get your feedback on your perspective of what I just shared. So this is the way that I'm going to answer that question. Where do you think the thought for Bezos or where the thought for Russell Wilson even comes from? So I believe that we're connected to the quantum field, this greater quantum field, and that the cleaner or clearer the connection is, the less the ego consciousness creates an interference or a corrosion to that, that we're consistently connected so we get downloads, whether we're sleeping and some idea comes to us that we should write down, or whether I'm on stage and the downloads are coming or I'm tracing calligraphies that have downloads. So I believe that that connection is where it comes from. Right. And that's where the power, the kilowatts that exist in my finger comes from that my main objective is to clear the connection to this unfathomable amount of of energy 
and enlightenment that exists. So I love to point to examples of, um, I, first of all, I totally agree with you. Um, I think that the sort of 30 days thing, I'm always skeptical of rounding up. Right, right, yeah. right. Like, That's why right. I say 21 to 30. I don't like, know what the days are. Like, whatever the days is. And it might vary per person. It might vary per, per right. uh, But situation. the consistent behavior is needed. Consistent behavior is needed. It absolutely is needed. Um, one thing that I have found, and, and I, I like to point to one moment in sports to illustrate exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Lynn Sanity and Tim Tebow. Like point two of my to, favorite people, by the way. Yeah. Point <laughs> point to those two. They happened at the exact same time. They were total underdogs. They way overachieved. And they're both very spiritual, rooted, good, great human beings, right? Yeah. How does that happen? That happened to me because prior to those moments happening, there was this repetition over and over of over of when I'm in, this is what's going to happen. When I'm in, this is what's going to happen. It happened over and over and over. It wasn't a, oh my God, I have to go play. It was this belief of when I do play, this is what is going to happen. And I love to say that positive begets positive, negative begets negative. And when positive momentum happens, remember in the, in the playoff game that Tim Tebow won, he only completed six passes. doesn't matter. The last pass was for a touchdown in overtime and a one, right? It, de- it doesn't make a difference. He envisioned the idea that I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to persist. And in everybody's life, that idea of like, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to win is so important because you don't know that 21 and 30 days, you don't know at that cellular level when the circumstances will manifest themselves in order for you to take advantage of the mental work you've done to tap into that quantum field that you and I both believe in. Which then brings up what I think is one of the most downplayed things because we have so much conflictual beliefs about religion. And I take this out of religious context because I support all religions that strive for a higher self and and unity. Uh, Faith. Tim Tebow, when you talk about Tim Tebow and sanity, beyond just thinking this is what I'm going to do when it happens, that both of them sacrifice so much. Like, you know, Jeremy laid on couches for 50 bucks, you know, like, like, and and you have all of this uh, doubt that exists within yours and then can be accommodated by other people's opinion of you. Uh, in other people's definition of you, but it, it's really just accommodating your own doubts, your own ego, fear. Where does faith, not in a religious concept, like, do you, you know, where does it fit? But more importantly, how would you define faith for people out there? Because I think we're missing faith because we, we're afraid of, of faith now because you're afraid, oh, well, my parents were this religion. And if I tell people I'm faithful, they're going to think I believe what my parents believe. I don't think that's right. faith to me. How do you kind of tie in faith to that story? So I have, you know, I am a God-loving, God-believing, God-fearing man. Yep. And I am firmly rooted in religion. And I believe incredibly passionately that there is no one right religion. I happen to be Catholic. Yeah. Right? My wife is not Catholic. My brother-in-law is not. He happens to be Jewish. Like there is no <laughs> there is no one right religion and anybody who tells you there's one right religion, I believe is missing the larger point. But there is a great phrase of the divine mystery of faith. 
faith is the thing that why do you believe that you're going to get up in the morning and you're going to, you know, you're going to eat your breakfast, get in your car, drive. Why do you have faith that nothing bad is going to happen? Like the odds of things going bad and things going wrong are really high, but you have total faith that I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be okay. There are many times in life, and I have a very, I have a, what, what I consider to be one of my more powerful moments of faith. Um, when I had my first child, and I remember he was crying down the hallway. I had to go down and pick him up and hold him. You know, he was a brand new baby, and I was a brand new father, and I'm freaking out. And I'm like, oh my God, how is this all going to work out? And I remember raining down on him. It's going to be okay. The in, right holding, but the intangible, it's going to be okay. And at that moment, the universe, God, however you want to find, yeah. however you want to uh, define it, was raining down on me. It's going to be okay. Like yeah. you're you're going I to be just, okay. Literally, in the meeting before this, had this exact same story about explaining fear, and that my moment was at the hospital going, I'm going to take my first child home. Yep. And how's this going to work? Like, right. I just, what did I do? <laughs> right? Right. And that was, to me, the epitome of fear uh, was that moment. I wasn't afraid to play football in college. I wasn't afraid to jump off of roofs and do other stupid stuff. But this was the moment that the same thing that, what's interesting about my faith is, you know, growing up very Jewish, you know, my brother's a rabbi, my mom was principal of the Jewish Academy and all this, and then moving away from it because... I had a resistance to being labeled, which then moved to my understanding of faith, which has now made me like you, you know, a God understanding. And even the word Adonai in Hebrew, which means God, is uh, is actually uh, translated to I am, which right. to me is the unraveling of two, three letters and two words that... You know, I love, the, because I learned in the 11th grade, I was reading Kierkegaard and existentialism, and they brought up I am. And I remember at 17-year-old going, yeah? <laughs> you know, All like right. literally like, yeah, I am. Yeah, right. I am. And through that, at 51 years old, you know, I'm on a journey to understand those three letters. Right. Which is to understand God or divinity or that divine source that we both believe in, right. but don't expect other people to believe in the same way that we do and are in support of everyone in their beliefs. Um, taking all of the woo-woo stuff that we just talked about, <laughs> which is fine. Right. How do you apply it to your everyday life and business? You know, you know, I apply it by saying, look, I can't give what I don't have. Money's an energy and it's, and it's the currency in which I believe in at the pragmatic level. That's my belief. And so I'm very focused in on making tons of money so I can help tons of people and have a, a great experience here and learn as many lessons as I can. Right. How do you apply your faith and understanding of what we talked about to your pragmatic life? I think that it's the understanding um, in pragmatic life that family is first, that, you know, really, to me, love is that currency um, that, is, that is to be most treasured. Right. It's the it's the one that, you know, you're to be nice to your neighbor, you're to love your neighbor, you're to love your family. Um, and love is um, love is everything, you know, and in in your business life, if you're loving what you're doing, if you believe in what you're doing, Can you learn to love what you're doing. 
like you find can, love in what you're doing? Yes, you okay. absolutely can. I think find. that's important. Like people think you and I have these unbelievable careers, but I see it differently. Like we learned to find love in everything we're doing and then it manifested itself in these cool jobs that we have. Th- think about <laughs> think about think about when you know, think about it in the early days, you know, when you're, you know, like I like to tell people I was janitor and king, right? Like <laughs> yeah. when you're, when you're a one man shop, you're like, I get to make all my own decisions, but I have to take out the trash, you clean the toilet, right? You clean the toilet, <laughs> like you do everything. But you know, there's something really thrilling about those days of, you know, being able to try to create something and make it happen. Um, you know, those, I, I think it's the, the reveling and applying it every day and just and just reveling in the fact that anything is possible. You know, it is possible to make this happen. It's um, you know, it's it's uh, it, it's pretty incredible, um, the power of the quantum field and the power of love and the power of, um, you know, positive thinking and visualizing and all those things. Um, I think applying it first and foremost to your family and extending it to you know to those who are around you does help you know, sort of bring everything together. Yeah, that collective. One adjustment I've made, and I'd love your uh, opinion of it or view of it, is I live my life family first and then business uh, and then myself. I've switched that. So I had to, and, and I'd love your opinion of it, I have to put my health first and then family. It's the only thing I put above my family, but what happened to me is with four children and an unbelievable wife, I mean, look yeah. there how lucky I am. Right? Absolutely, right. There, there's no doubt. There's, you know, I'm manifesting, and I started realizing that if I had a choice to be with them or to be in the gym, that I never chose being in the gym or you know, not going to eat or doing stuff with them, and that in the end, I was diminishing my capacity for them. So my wife always said, take care of yourself for me. That well, like I still get choked up because yeah. my life is changed because I literally leave and tell my nine year old, "Hey man, I gotta go. Just give me one hour. I'll be back." And I never would do that. Or even at work, you know, "Hey, sorry, don't have time for to make money that doing that because I I have to go and do this or right. making the right plans." Do you think when you say family first, that's part of it, or how, how does that fit in for I your? I think health? that I think that more than ever. You know, I'm almost fifty now. And I can't, you know, went through a brutal year. Just yeah, you were limping when I met you. It was, it was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. So it was just, it was a brutal year. Um, physically. Physically. Yeah. And you know that physical toll takes an emotional toll and a spiritual toll and everything else. And I think that you do need to be able to take care of yourself before you can take care of anybody else. I mean, that is for certain. So when you say family first, that that's. It's kind of like saying, you know, team first. You got to be able to coach, right? Before, yeah. you know, you got to be able to play your <laughs> position, right? You have to be able to play in order to help the team. So I would agree with you that, yeah, you got to take care of yourself. I mean, to me, it's like you got to be able to play your position, you know, in order to uh, contribute to the team. No doubt. And then just finally, as we kind of go through that, what are you working on next? that you know you just change the whole face of sports science yeah. with the content that you provided on all the different mediums that you do and now i think there's another level to what you can explain and do yep. where do you want to take that so we're now taking it um so i'm now shooting with intel studios at a, a volumetric capture dome where athletes are surrounded by over 100 cameras shot simultaneously it's like think of it as bullet time on steroids um, so it's, it's taking everything to the next level 
Um, it's technologically taking it to the next level, performance-wise, analytically. Um, it's just, it's you know, of course, just always raising your game. But then there's also just branching out and doing other stuff as well, right? Because you don't, you don't want to just be one note your whole life. You want to like say, okay, I made, I made a dent in this area, but there's a lot more that I have to contribute. Um, so the, uh, you know, that's where I am is, you know, I'm continuing to analyze the world's greatest athletes doing it at a higher level. Um, but also off, you know, helping companies and helping people. Ah, and they all are related to one another. You can utilize what you've learned from the athletes to utilize on a CEO like myself. Yeah. It's so many, what's the number one parallel? Last question I had to learn what you've learned so much from the athletes yeah. I, I have on the EO side, the emotional EI side, the emotional intelligence side, yeah. but I don't get into the science of the actual pragmatic physicality plus the emotional. Cause you're this new, you have this nuance of learning all of it in a holistic approach, especially now with all these cameras. What do you think the number one thing that you've learned from the, the superstars that you would use as advice for a CEO or an entrepreneur uh, that can carry over and you just are so sure that here's a consistent uh, lesson that everyone should learn? The consistent lesson is, you know, when things get crazy, stay calm. That's neutral. the consistent. <laughs> Russell Wilson. Right? Is, do you know uh, Trevor? Trevor Mo- Tre- yeah, Trevor and I are great friends. So, you know, Trevor went to Oxy yeah. like, like I did and we were together in Arizona last week. Yep. And... I, I called it getting back to center, right? Yep. And it's been a gift that Warren has coached me on, Warren Moon, my, my Hall of yeah. Fame partner, because I called him QB1 Kenobi, which I stole from his friends from elementary school right. when I went to an event, and they're like, oh, you you know QB1. I'm like, QB1? Because right. his number's one? He goes, no, he's QB1 Kenobi. I go, that guy lives in neutral. It's and living- then I heard from Russell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, living in neutral and... In- it's it's a uh, it's a concept that's very hard for people to understand. It's counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive, and even when you live in neutral, there's still you know the angel and the devil and the doubt and the confidence. Ego based consciousness, like, right? And it's, it's a hyper aggressive. I'd say the law of surrender is the most hyper aggressive, misunderstood law that I've ever even fathom because I always thought people were high broke sitting on their mom's couch when they were surrendering. Right. But it's a hyper aggressive. I think state of mind to say, okay, I have the need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, angry, anxious, all of the different ego-based emotions. Okay, now I have to fight through that to somehow not only mentally put myself at center, and this is where people, I, I think, get confused. It's difficult enough to say, let it go. You know, all the mental things that we do, but beyond there's, there's all this biochemical things that are happening yep. and a physical, energetic level yep. that, you know, I am supposed to be this Judah Buddha, this guy that knows how to get back to center and be successful. And there's things that happen and I'm lying in bed and it's interfering with my most valuable time, which is sleep, sleep. the yeah. con- subconscious, unconscious time that I have. And my wife's looking at me going, hey, little Buddha, why can't you go to sleep? Well, I, I, I'm telling myself to let it go. I'm, it, but like physically, I am upset. It's still, it's really difficult and it never goes away. Right. And so there's a lifetime of practice and that's why, um, you know, the, the book that I, that I wrote that was called the perfection point is all about awesome the, book. the <laughs> ultimate that human beings could possibly do. You, you know, you run asymptotic to a line, right. And when you like, you graph it, you, you approach it and you can always get halfway closer, but you can never get to it. Right. So it's always there. There's always a gap. There's always, 
you can never reach it. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try. Right. right? And you can get farther away from it or closer to it, but you just always run to it. And this is John Brankus, which is why I have that philosophy based off of guys like you. Enjoy the consistent, everyday, persistent, without quit pursuit of our potential. Yep. We'll never get there, but as long as you're pursuing it and enjoying that pursuit yep. every day, uh, it's an extraordinary experience. I really appreciate you taking some public time with me. And of course. This will be some killer content that we'll put out. Of course, dude. If you haven't read his books, if you haven't seen them, John Brankus. Unbelievable. What's the name of the, is there a new show coming out? Soul and Science is the name of the new show. Go to johnbrankus.com and you can find everything. I certainly will again. And thank you so awesome. much. Someday they'll figure God, out me. God bless <laughs> you. Thank you so much. Right on. Take care.